0: Acts, the second chapter and verse number one, I'm going to read a few verses and then I'll let you be seated. We're going to have a great time tonight in the word of the Lord. Acts chapter two and verse number one, if you're there, say amen. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, this never gets old to me, just so you know. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. I was told one time that... um, tongues brings nothing but confusion and I told that gentleman who was so um, powerfully expressing to me the confusion that tongues creates in the church and among people I said you know it's interesting because it, there was no confusion in the upper room and there was no confusion when they came out of the upper room As a matter of fact, when they came out of the upper room, it caused men to say, what is this? There's no confusion when God starts moving, when God does what only He can do, and we do what only He can do, or what only we can do, it makes a difference. You believe that? So tonight, we're going to talk just a little while about the Spirit of God moving in us and getting in us and... But here's what I want to talk to you about tonight and I want you to help me with this title. I want you to look at somebody close to you and tell them, get in the Spirit. Get in the Spirit. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Now as we continue in this passage, the scripture said that in verse 37 it was the speaking in tongues that caused men's heart to be hungry and they started asking questions and so Peter opens up his mouth standing with the eleven and he told them about this Jesus, this Christ, this Messiah. He said that God had raised him up to be both Lord and Christ. Now this is enough revelation in one verse for an entire three week series on being both Lord and Christ. Because he is not just Mashiach, he's not just Messiah, he is not just Christ, he is Lord. And if he is Lord, then he is truly Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, first and last, one which was, which is, and which is to come. Somebody shout, the Almighty. My granddad used to tell me on a frequent basis, there can only be one Almighty. There can only be one that has all power in heaven and in earth. And this Jesus was made both Lord and Christ and when they heard this the Bible said that they were pricked in their heart not with confusion but with conviction and they said to Peter and this is powerful and the rest of the Apostles why is this so explicit in the scripture why not just say it to Peter but they said to Peter and You get the picture that they look at him and they look at the 11 and say, what should we do? What do we have to do? Because it wasn't just the opinion of Peter. It was the consensus of the room. It was the consensus of the 12. What should we do? Now, Peter being who he was, was the first to give a quick answer, but in doing so, I want to, I want this to be crystal clear to you tonight there was not one of the 11 that was left that raised up their voice in disagreement with Peter not one it was Peter and the 11 and when Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost this would have been a really good time for one of the 11 whichever one was brave enough to stand up and say i disagree because that's not what jesus said jesus said that we should be baptized in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit one of the 12 surely would have been able to vocalize and say that's not what he meant so this leads us to the conclusion that either all 12 apostles completely understood what Jesus was saying in 28:19 of Matthew to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit or all 12 of them legitimately and openly completely disobeyed the command of the master because nowhere in the scripture was anyone baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit But thanks be unto God that Peter and the eleven were in a spirit of agreement. I'm here to tell you tonight, I still believe it. And I'll believe it till the day that I die or I'm raptured. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven that's been given among men whereby we must be saved somebody shout that name tonight he said you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost for the promise is unto you it's unto your children to all that are afar off even as many as the lord our god shall call i wish somebody'd shout that's me thank god he called us thank god he reached us I'm so glad that history did not stop recording the powerful acts of God standing there in the upper room that day. But the promise of the Holy Ghost was not just for the 120. The promise of the Holy Ghost was not just for the 3,000 that were added. But brother, I'm here to tell you tonight that the Holy Ghost is for you. The Holy Ghost is for me. I don't care what your family background is. I don't care what kind of job your daddy worked or if he worked a job. It doesn't matter what what your mama was. It doesn't matter what your family was. It doesn't matter if they're Jew or Greek, male or female, bond or free. I'm here to tell you tonight that the Holy Ghost is for you. It's amazing to me how many people, I, I, I sincerely don't understand really the heart of this matter. I, I, think, I think what arises out of it is that nobody wants to truly stand on it because nobody wants to take a hard line on anything anymore it seems to say that the Holy Ghost is necessary. Like nobody really wants to just take a hard line on that. I want to tell you, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ And the infilling of the Holy Ghost is unequivocally necessary and it's necessary because Jesus said it first Jesus said it first in John chapter 3 that except you are born again of water and of thee somebody shout thee not any thee you cannot see the kingdom of heaven you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven but here's my question to you tonight if it wasn't necessary why wouldn't you want it if I didn't have to have it to go to heaven why wouldn't you want it they used to look at us Pentecostals and they'd say oh they're crazy tongue talkers and that tongue talking's of the devil you want to know how I know it's not of the devil Because he don't have anything this good. If the devil had access to tongue talking, they'd be tongue talking in every nightclub in the world tonight. They'd be tongue talking in every party that there was. The devil don't have access to anything this good. There is nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is for me. And the Holy Ghost is for you. But this is something that we've got to get to in our movement. You know, I don't want to get stuck here tonight. I'm going to try to be mindful of your time. But this is a fact whether we want to deal with it or not. This is a true fact. The only thing you have to do to get people to stop doing something in the church is to quit talking about it people are they act like they're afraid to talk about it you know why don't we I I, man I'm gonna get stuck right here I remember when this movement started that we're not going to preach those things from the pulpit we're going to deal with that discipleship class We're going to deal with that on our growth track, and then we're just going to preach life-giving things in the pulpit. Well, there's nothing more life-giving than the Spirit of God. I'm telling you tonight, all you've got to do to get people to stop believing that the Holy Ghost is essential is just quit preaching it. All you got to do to get people to stop believing that baptism in Jesus' name is not essential is just don't preach it anymore. And all you got to do to get people to stop believing that holiness and separation from the world, that it's not necessary anymore, is just quit talking about it. But I'm standing before this congregation tonight to tell you there's some things we just cannot afford to stop talking about. And one of those things is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You call me old-fashioned if that's what you want to call me. But I'm here to make it crystal clear to you tonight. I still believe it. That if you want to go to heaven, you got to repent of your sins. you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do I get filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, you just stand there and act like a funnel. Anybody ever heard that? Funnel hands. Well, come on, God. I've been in many meetings in my lifetime where people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears hear the dead raised, and I've never seen a miracle in my life like somebody getting the Holy Ghost. I was preaching a temp meeting one night in the south. And this girl was seeking the holy ghost had been seeking the holy ghost for quite some time and she came up and uh it was kind of one of those things (laughs) it's so funny the way we work but apparently she'd been seeking for a while because when people that have been seeking for a while come they hope when the guest preacher comes this is the guy he's going to preach what they need to hear to get the holy ghost Brother St. Clair, we want you to pray for this woman. She's been seeking. And uh, I want to. But there is a little, there's just a little bit of trouble with, with this. I grew up hearing about people tarrying for the Holy Ghost for 10 years. But you don't find that in the Scripture. Now, I'm going to get real strong for just a minute. Y'all put your seatbelts on. The reason why we don't receive the Holy Ghost is because there's something keeping us from opening our spirit to receive it. Look, I I I, I want this to just be as clear as can be tonight to all of you precious people. How many folks in here have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? evidence of speaking with other tongues you see this room right now if God give it to them and doesn't give it to you that makes him a respecter of a person and his word is a lie God doesn't want me to have the Holy Ghost any more than he wants you to have the Holy Ghost the promise is to you to your children to all that are afar off now I'm gonna tell you this woman came up to pray and she walked right up to the altar there in, in the tent meeting. And she, she walked up and did just this right here Jesus, 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 Jesus. I said, Sister, I want you to stop for just a second. I said, Look, I want to tell you something I've never seen. And to this day, I haven't seen it. I said, I've never seen somebody come to the altar and receive the Holy Ghost with their face to the ground never I've never seen somebody come up looking down at the ground and receive the Holy Ghost because there's there's only so many things in life that'll make you look down like that and none of them are receptive to the Spirit whether it's shame guilt unworthiness somebody telling you that you're worthless somebody telling you you don't deserve the Holy Ghost that's fine let them believe what they want to let them say what they want to but I want this uh, to settle on your ears right now and I want it to be loud and clear in your spirit right now they're not the one that gives you the Holy Ghost and they're not going to take the Holy Ghost from you when you get it so it don't matter what they say about you sweetheart The Lord wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord wants you to be baptized in His Spirit. It really doesn't matter if people think you're worthy of it. It doesn't matter if they think you deserve it. God wants you to be filled with His Spirit. And I've I've seen this. You know, first thing first things first i believe the reason some people struggle to get the holy ghost uh, in the most basic way is that they haven't truly repented they haven't truly repented but repentance is not always just from sin sometimes we've got to repent of seeing ourselves in a way that god didn't create us to be it's not just that I haven't repented from adultery, so he's not going to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I haven't repented of fornication. I haven't repented of drinking. I you know, so he's not going to fill me. You know, there is a great sin in our lives. James points it out. He said, when you know to do good and you do it not, to him it's sin, right? So whenever I, whenever I speak things about my self-image, that is absolutely a lie from the pits of hell. I am 100% speaking against creative order of God. Now, how many of you in here tonight believe that God knows exactly what he's doing? So he created you the way that you are. He created you. He formed you in his image. And anyone who was formed in his image can be filled with his spirit. Yeah, but my father told me, I'm very sorry that you had to deal with that. Yeah, but my husband says to me, I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. I really am. I'm very sorry. But listen, if I'm going to have to go through the grief of life and all of the problems in life, wouldn't you rather go through it with the Holy Ghost? If people are going to hurt you and people are going to be cruel to you and people are going to say ugly things to you, wouldn't you rather walk through that with the Holy Ghost? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. They're going to treat you ugly whether you got the Holy Ghost or not. They're going to treat you ugly whether whether you live for God or not. I'd rather walk through this thing full of the Holy Ghost and everything the devil tries, I can just look back at him and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I could get in, into this tonight. don't really have the time, but I could get into this tonight of how when you try to do things on your own, the devil will make fun of you. He'll do it. The Bible said there were seven sons of a priest that tried to cast out a devil. And they thought because their father understood the system, they should know the system. And the Bible said they walked into that devil-possessed man. I wish there was a way we could have got this on video. They walked into that devil-possessed man and started their negotiations. And that spirit called out of that man and looked at them and said, Well, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Do you know what happens when you get the Holy Ghost? The enemy starts seeing the power of God that's in you. When you don't have the Spirit of God you don't have the defense that you have when you've been filled with his spirit it's hard when you don't have the authority of the spirit in you to say in the name of jesus christ i cast you out of my home i command you to leave this family i command you to leave this house i command you to leave my children alone that is not by might it is not by power it is by the spirit of the lord So that tells me that's why the enemy is fighting your mind so bad on being filled with the Spirit. Because he knows that you are absolutely going to be a wrecking ball on everything he tried to do in your life when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Because every time he tries to pull the same old junk on you, you're going to look at him and say, I'm not the same as I used to be. I've been baptized in the Spirit of God and baptized and so I say to you tonight it is necessary to have the Holy Ghost but why does it just have to be about necessity who wouldn't want to walk do you understand that it is the spirit of Christ in you the hope of glory That when I receive the Spirit of God, I am receiving what Jesus said, that I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come again to you. When you receive the Spirit of God, you receive the comfort of knowing that you are walking with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the everlasting Father and the Prince of peace within you. And so, we make such a, a big deal about receiving, and the necessity of receiving the Holy Ghost must be preached. But I want to tell you what else must be preached. That the Holy Spirit is, according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, a treasure that dwells in earthen vessels. We must preach, live, and believe not only the necessity of receiving the Holy Ghost, but we must preach the necessity of protecting the treasure. We must preach the necessity of protecting this precious treasure that God has invested within us. The word treasure comes from the New Testament word thesaurus, which means a deposit. The Spirit of God is literally a god deposit into an earthly vessel. Something sacred. Something eternal, not just eternal, infinite. Invested in a temporal vessel. Woo! There is so much power in knowing that this treasure Of all vessels that it could dwell in it dwells in me in me well but pastor I just uh, I just feel like that the spirit is to bring liberty to my life that it allows me to to do things and realize the nature of God that he loves me in spite of what I'm doing you know what he loved you before he filled you with the Holy Ghost But the Spirit of God coming into my life is not the revelation of enlightenment that now I've been filled with His Spirit. And so if I, as long as I go to church every weekend, I can do whatever I want to do and be filled with the Holy Ghost. We got in this, uh, in this little valley of discussion for several years. I had people asking me the question, is it possible to lose the Holy Ghost? Is it possible for the Holy Ghost to leave you? And again, I, I, there's so many rabbit trails that I don't want to get stuck. But I want, I, I, I want to say this to you tonight. I think we're asking the question the wrong way. Is it possible to lose the Holy Ghost? Is it possible for the Holy Ghost to leave you? Let me ask you a question. Is it possible for you to leave the Holy Ghost? his his spirit is constantly calling and this this is what you're going to find out he ain't running away from me he's not running away from you he's been trying to get us to embrace the power of the cross he's been trying to get us to embrace the power of salvation he's not running away from me so I'm going to stop asking the question is it possible for me to lose the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost leave me and I want to declare to you explicitly tonight it is possible for me to leave the Holy Ghost how do you figure because he said I will not share my glory with another well I just don't believe once 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 you've been filled with the Holy Ghost you can leave it I'll tell you what If God gives you the opportunity to have a conversation in eternity, the first person I want you to find is Demas. Because Demas was filled with the Spirit. He was absolutely supercharged to stand by the apostle, even so much as to go to prison with him. And something clicked in him. He started distancing himself from the man of God and distancing himself from the presence of God. And finally, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Hey, I need you to come bring my cloak and I need you to bring me my books. He said, Because Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas loved the world more than he loved the treasure. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm telling you, this, this, this is not a risk that I'm willing to take. Well, I just really feel like once, once you've been filled with the Spirit, that God has sealed you by His Spirit. You know, there's a neat little thing that comes on medicine. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on food, too, and it'll say, If seal is broken, do not consume. Oh, yeah, I've been sealed with the Holy Ghost, but I can break that seal. And it allows things. Jesus taught, I wish I, I really do wish I had time to break it down Gerber style tonight and talk to you about this, about once a spirit has left a man, then it comes back and finds the, the house swept and clean. In other words, there's nothing, there's nothing in there that'll bring back seven spirits. As a little kid, it was so hard for me to imagine this. You mean, you mean it gets seven times harder every time I? leave God. You just watch, you just watch the downward spiral in people's lives that walk away from the Lord. It, it gets harder and harder and harder to come back. It's more humiliation. It's more shame. It's a heavier weight. And, and, and you feel like where they are or not is debatable, but you feel like people are watching you and people are judging you and people are saying things to you. And if I could say it tonight and not sound mean at all, like who cares anyway? Because you're not living for God for them, you're living for God. Right. But you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost and you've got to keep the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep it charged up. My old phone, gets so aggravating? You know the Holy Ghost is kind of like your phone battery. You don't ever even think about your battery till it turns red. There's some folk in here that need to learn this really cool trick. I don't know if you've learned this or not. If you'll plug that thing in while you're asleep. Uh (laughs) When you get up tomorrow, unless the power went out, you'll have a charge. Well, I mean, most teenagers do until at least 10 a.m. But you know, it's funny. All the potential that's in this phone if it's not charged up, it's useless. I, I don't care how many hours it's got. Hey, that's the sweetest phone ever. It's got 15 hours of straight use in it. That's cool. But if it's blinking on red and you're in the middle of a million dollar conversation and that phone dies, so let me ask you this is it the phone's fault? Oh, Lord. See, I just preached to y'all. I set that up on the T. I set y'all up, and you didn't even help me right there. That stupid phone, that battery's always dying. Well, it... I just feel like the devil's always beating my brains out. How long you been disconnected? How long's it been since you plugged in and got charged up? You know, some folk think they can charge up on Sunday morning and be charged all week. But I know better. I've talked to them on Tuesday. Uh-huh. This is the power of protecting the treasure. I think you ought to be in the house of the Lord every, every time the doors are open. But I'm going to tell you what I also believe. I believe in the power of the daily discipline of prayer. Every day. Plug in. Every day, plug in. I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee, Lord. When I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest, I need him. I've got to stay charged up. I've got to stay plugged in. Listen, you need the body of Christ and you need a prayer closet. You need fiery hot services and you need a prayer closet. You need a day of the week that you push back from the table and say, I'm not going to feed my flesh. I'm going to starve my flesh and feed the spirit. Somebody shout amen. amen. Everybody doing good? I'm protecting the God deposit. What God has put in me. Oh, what I wouldn't give tonight. To just take off on a tirade about this only being the earnest of our inheritance. Woo! If the Holy Ghost is this good, Brother Haney, can you imagine what heaven's gonna be like? Can you imagine the moment that we stand before Him and we behold His face? The earnest of our inheritance has kept us every mile, it's kept us every heartache, every trial. But it's going to be worth it all. How many of you believe that tonight? But there's something so powerful that accompanies the gift of the Holy Ghost. That lives within a child of God. And this is how you can tell according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. You can tell when somebody's been plugged in and when somebody's been disconnected. Okay? Y'all with me tonight? Everybody doing good? Nobody took Ambien before you came. <laughs> Second Corinthians four and eight. Let me tell you what the Holy Ghost will do for you. We're trouble on every side. Anybody ever feel that way? But I'm not distressed. I've been perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I've been persecuted but not forsaken cast down somebody help me tonight but not what but not destroyed you realize if you've got the voice in your mouth to say that you're not destroyed you know what that means you're still here if you just opened up your mouth and declared it tonight I have not been destroyed yes i've been cast down yes i've been through the fire but i have not been destroyed you know why because he can't destroy you the enemy cannot destroy you when you're filled with the holy ghost you will not be destroyed the holy ghost is powerful because it lets you realize that persecution does not mean you've been forsaken. It lets you know that being cast down does not mean being destroyed. But we are so afraid, turn to your neighbor and tell them tonight, get in the Spirit. I'm taking you somewhere tonight. Get in the Spirit. So the value of getting the Spirit in us, being filled with the Spirit. Somebody say Filled. When I'm filled with the Spirit, that's when I get the Spirit in me. So tonight we know, beyond a doubt, we talked about it, preached it, y'all clapped, shouted, said hallelujah. We need the Spirit in us. Amen? And we need to protect the Spirit that's in us. But you know what else we need to do after we get the Spirit in us? We need to get in the Spirit. We need to get in the Spirit. I don't know how many of y'all ever heard this, but when I was a boy, I heard it all the time. You got to be careful because you don't want to be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good or no heavenly minded, so heavenly minded, you know. We don't want you to be too spiritual. can I make a public service announcement and y'all still love me? We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I love you precious people. You're my family. I thank God for you. But there's nobody in here that has to worry about being so <laughs> heavenly minded <laughs> that you are of no earthly good. Thank the Lord for the good-hearted, tender, loving people that believed in us that much. But I just want to tell you, I am at low risk. I'm, I, I don't have to fight being too spiritual. I have to fight being too carnal. And the reason that I have to fight being too carnal is because my old flesh likes to lead the way. But when I get the Spirit in me, it gives me the ability to get in the Spirit. Now, I want you to consider this with me tonight. If I had a way to do it, I'd pull a Gene Bright tonight and I'd get inside of a tent. You remember that sermon, Brother Lane? When he got in the, in the tent and preached the sermon? But I want you to imagine tonight... That I've lived my life with the Spirit of God in me. But now I'm understanding a new dimension of this Christian walk where what has been in me, I now have, if there's ever been a great illustration, it's this right here. Because it's big enough I can get in it. What has been in me, I now get in. And what has been a precious gift within me has now become a shield of defense around me because the Spirit of the Lord that was within me is now the Spirit of the Lord that I'm walking in what happens pastor when you get in the Spirit well according to the book of Revelation the book of Revelation chapter number one and verse number nine john lets us see the power of this he said i john who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of jesus christ was in the aisle called patmos for the word of god and for the testimony of jesus christ watch this verse 10 and i was in i was in the spirit yeah, but, 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 but John, you've been boiled in oil. You big dummy, you, you, you've got blisters all over your body, probably pieces of hair falling out. You probably look like a freak. And you're out here in isolation on the Isle of Patmos. You're out here baking in the sun. Why don't you get depressed? why don't you get down because i was in the spirit i was in the spirit on the lord's day i want to talk to you about a couple of things tonight before i close about what happens when you get in the spirit john said i was in the spirit On the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me, he said that the voice was as a trumpet. And the voice said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write it in a book. He said, I got in the Spirit, and I heard a voice. When you get in the Spirit, there is a voice that will come to you even in Patmos, even in struggle, even in trial. I may be in a trial, but I'm in the Spirit. And when you get in the Spirit, there will be a confirmation and an assurance to us We just think the voice came to speak revelation. We think the voice came just to speak the revelation in the book to John. But to John, it was more than revelation. It was blessed assurance that I may be on Patmos. But when I get in the spirit, he is with me. He is with me. I heard the voice. And the voice is that he was with me so the voice is the confirmation of who is with you now in revelation chapter four i'm going to move quick revelation chapter four and verse number two revelation chapter four and verse number two he said and immediately somebody say immediately Immediately. i was in the spirit he's still on patmos he said i was in the spirit and behold, God have mercy. He said, Behold a throne. And one sat on the throne. Somebody tell me where the throne was. The throne was in heaven, the throne wasn't on Patmos, the throne was in heaven. And when john got in the spirit he quit looking at what was around him and he saw where the throne was and where he was that sat on the throne listen i want to help somebody here tonight john saw the throne and him that sat on the throne but it's important to recognize that the throne was in heaven why is that important Because he sits high. Come on, somebody help me now. And he looks low. The heavens are his throne. And the earth is his footstool. And John gets this revelation in the spirit. Here I am in the midst of this struggle. But there he is, (laughs) seated on the throne. He is seated in a posture that he sees everything I can't. Between me and my family, there's a great sea. Between me and the church, there's a sea. There's sorrow. There's bitterness. But from where he's sitting, God's got the whole picture. God's got the big picture. I've come to tell you tonight that God is still seated in a place that he knows right where you are. He sees everything you're facing. He knows what you're going through. And you are not forsaken. If you believe it, shout yes. Yes. But you got to get in the spirit. You can't live in the flesh and hear the voice and see the throne. You got to get in the spirit. And you know when somebody's in the spirit. Because when they're in the spirit and they're going through hell on earth, they'll say, oh, but I got a glimpse of heaven. You can tell people that's in the spirit. Because they'll dance in the spirit. They'll worship in the Spirit. They'll pray in the Spirit. God, don't ever let us lose that in this church. Amen. Don't ever let us lose it. Let's go quickly to 17 and 3. I'm hurrying. Revelation 17 and verse 3. So it carried me away. Somebody say it with me now. In the Spirit, in the spirit. into the wilderness. Was he in the flesh or in the Spirit? And I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. I'm going to preach out of Revelation right now and not mention eschatology at all. But when he got in the Spirit, God showed him the woman. And the woman was what he was up against lord said when you get in the spirit i'm going to show you what's been frustrating you when you get in the spirit i'm going to let you see this woman and i'm going to tell you about this woman she was so beautiful that when she came riding by him he said it it threw me back he said i looked at her and i was astonished I was amazed. He said, I admired her. He said, when I looked at this woman, she was arrayed in purple, scarlet collar, decked with gold, precious stones, pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination, filthiness, and uh, of her fornication, drunk with the blood of saints. And he said, in verse 6, when I looked at her, I wondered with great admiration he said John if you'll get in the spirit I'm about to let you know what's distracting you he said this angel came down the angel came down in verse 7 and said to me why did you marvel he said let me tell you the mystery of the woman the woman, the spirit that you're against, the spirit that's fighting revival, the spirit that's fighting your family, the spirit that's fighting the saints. She's drunk on the blood of saints. It's that spirit of compromise. She's decked out in jewels. It's that spirit. He said, John, if you'll get in the spirit, I'm going to show you what you're up against. He said, I want you to know how this thing ends. She don't win. When you get in the spirit, I'm here to preach to you tonight. When we get in the spirit, we're gonna realize not everybody's falling away. Not everybody's quitting. Not everybody's compromising. Not everybody stopped preaching truth. Not everybody stopped preaching holiness. Not everybody's, hey, I wanna tell you, the woman don't win. The woman don't get the final say. But you got to get in the spirit to see the woman. And when you see the woman, you're going to know what you've been up against. Yeah. Good. Good. Good Turn to your neighbor and tell them tonight she's coming down. Okay. And with this, I close tonight. In 21 and 10, of the book of Revelation. John said, he carried me away in the spirit. To a great high mountain. And he showed me. That great city. The holy Jerusalem. Descending out of heaven. From God. When you get in the spirit. You'll start catching glimpses of a city. And this city was not made with hands. This city was not built by the hands of men. But it is a city where the Lamb is the light. It is a city where there cometh no night. It is a city where there'll be no more tears. It is a city where there'll be no more pain. It is a city where there'll be no more dying. And if you get in the spirit, you're going to know there's a voice that's with you. If you get in the spirit, you're going to know there's a throne and who's seated on it. If you'll get in the spirit, you'll know what you're fighting. And if you get in the spirit, you'll know what you've got to win. Because there is a city and I plan on going there. Woo! I close tonight. When John got in the spirit, you can stand with me. When John got in the spirit, the voice let him know he wasn't alone. When John got in the spirit, the throne let him know he was not forgotten. When John got in the spirit, he saw that God was going to give him victory over the spirit of the age. And when John got in the spirit, the Lord said, this will not last forever. But there is coming a reprieve, John, where the sea shall be no more. No more. I don't know about you, but every now and then I get to praying in the Spirit, and I don't know how to really explain this. But, Elder, I'll get to praying in the Spirit, and it's like I just catch a glimpse I can't tell you the limits that I saw. I can't really tell you the decoration of the room. I can't really, but I I catch a glimpse. It's just a little glimpse. And I feel his glory. And it rests on me for just a moment. And it's like everything I saw, it's, it's gone. But I know what I saw. And I know what I felt. And it's a glimpse into the world that is to come. There's some mighty fine folks that's already beat me. They've already made it, and I don't know if they're on the street of gold or not, but I do know they're with the Lord. That's what I do know. I know they're with the Lord, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this much. I don't know about all what it means to be absent and present, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe there's going to be a great celebration day. I believe there's gonna be a great celebration day and that same voice that John heard that he said was like a trumpet I believe there's gonna be a sound God have mercy that is absolutely gonna shake the pillars of this earth you don't have to believe it but I'm gonna believe it till I die I'm telling you there's a rapture that's coming the Lord coming back for his people the whole earth is gonna shake and there's gonna be a sound bishop The Bible said that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Can I tell you right now that the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the sky and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul said, I want you to comfort one another with these words why because there's a city and I'm going hallelujah I dreamed of a city called glory so bright and so fair when I entered the streets of that city the angels They all met me there. They carried me from mansion, Hatolo Bohoshai, to mansion. And oh, the sights I saw. But then I said, I want to see the one that's seated on the throne. Because he filled me with his spirit. He baptized me with his spirit. And that's why I'm standing here right now. Abraham's good to see. Isaac, it's good to see. Jacob, it's good to see. Daniel, it's good to see. you. But does anybody know tonight? Where is Jesus? I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want the Spirit in me. And I want to be in the Spirit. If you want that tonight, would you just raise your hands to the Lord? All across this room right now. Hallelujah.